Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Thorn Files podcast. Uh, today is a bit of a different one. It's not a mystery. It's a bit of a bonus episode today. Hello, everyone. We are doing a Q and A with the with the Thorn Files team, and all five of us are here. <laughs> the Thorn Files team is a pretty small team, to be honest. Um, but it's lovely to have you all here uh, for this bonus episode. So we've got some. Uh, questions and stuff but before we go through that might be worth just everyone uh introducing themselves again because unlike when we play in the game when i talk to everyone with their character names it may be a bit confusing to do that all of the time now um especially because you are real people and um so jay do you want to start with you i'm jay and i am normally evangeline lane fox and today i'm me <laughs> which is different probably harder <laughs> Um, I'm Kelly, and I usually play Tabitha, and um, today, yeah, I'll be also me, so that's strange. Um, I'm Tom, uh, and I play um, Vera Bright. I nearly said Evangeline Lane Fox then, <laughs> for some reason, but I don't, and I won't. I refuse. Um, hi, I'm Mikel, and I play Peter Anderson, and yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Awesome. Um, right, so just to kick us off straight away, we, like I said, we have a few questions here. Um, first one we're going to go for today, and I think I'll, I'll expand this on this a little bit. Um, we had the question, why did we decide to start the Thorn Files? Um, and I, I you know for for me, starting it off was um, came from a place of listening to a lot of actual play podcasts, and it being very much uh, Apart from um, you know films and television, my main media I sort of intook for a very long time. Lots of uh, driving to and from work, and lots of um, late nights with with my baby. Um, podcasts were a sort of safe place to be and safe place to go. And um, a lot of us have played together uh, before. Some of us for a very long time. Uh, so when like the idea came to my mind of I could potentially do that. I, I really enjoyed um like making music I really enjoyed the sort of audio side of it um and I just it, it just sort of came to me like this why not why not give it a go and it was just a thing I didn't expect it to be anything I thought maybe I'll record some stuff be stressed out and never <laughs> release any episodes but it, uh, it really worked out um but I want to put that on to you guys um what did you guys think when starting the when starting Thorn Files, because obviously none of you have done podcasting before as well. So first time I ever played D and D was with Danny, and um, since then we've we've played for ages now, and we often text each other um, hypothetical ideas <laughs> about things we'll never get around to running. And well, you asked me. And there wasn't a version of reality in which I said no, because why wouldn't I want to play with you guys? What other games have you guys played together? Has it just been D&D &D so far? or? Um, well, actually, I ran a game for Danny of Monster in the, of the Week. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and Mikel and Jay. That was my first Monster in the Week. Yes. Yeah. We did try um, the one with the vampire. We did find, we try Vampire, vampire. Masquerade. Yes. I know. We didn't finish. No. <laughs> it's my that's my fault. <laughs> it's Jay's fault, actually. I'm playing like plushies. It's canon now. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Tommy, you've done Blades in the Dark for um me, which I also really enjoyed. Oh yes. Mm. I play Blades in the Dark with Tom. I play Pathfinder with Tom now. It's fantastic. Yeah. Oh brilliant. Um, Danny also broke my D and D cherry. He was also <laughs> my first DM. So nice. yeah, really, I, that. Yeah, he was. I didn't yeah. know that either. You came in so confident. Yeah, I, I, I had no watched, idea. I'd watched and listened to a lot of <laughs> D and D on podcasts. Went in with that energy, right? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> no, I mean I've I've really enjoyed playing for you guys. So it seemed like a, you know, it was just such a good group. Uh, when when like I knew the group that I'll be playing with, it just really made sense and you know it, it, we all we all play well together as well oh, i think it's uh it, it has gone really well so far um but yeah 
Sorry, I took over again there. Can't remember what like your original question was. I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think upon starting like the Thorn Files? What were your first thoughts when you were, you know, we 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 started this this little journey? All I would ever say is the Adventure Zone did Monster of the Week incredibly well when mm. they dipped into it, and as a big fan of the Adventure Zone, it's something I think felt I couldn't ignore. So for me, that was just wanting to enjoy it having heard someone else kind of i wouldn't have wanted to do a plane and got into that if it hadn't been for them so i put yeah. a big hands up to them yeah no i think the adventure zone is a is a big inspiration for a lot of people when it comes to not playing dnd because there are, there are plenty of really good <laughs> monster of the week uh, podcasts out there but mm. i think for a lot of people sort of dipping your toe into other ttrpgs it's just great when you know big D podcast out there do like hey we're not going to be doing we're going to do a whole new system and it's a system which is on this whole uh, different way of playing completely i think it it really opened the door for for us as well um and that so yeah i mean i mean the compliments are going to be coming so danny wasn't the first person but danny was someone who i've listened to be a dm for about a year and a half um in the when we when we were playing in in person D D pre-pandemic would always listen to danny talking to everyone else and when you kind of said oh would you like to do a podcast i thought oh i could listen to your voice and <laughs> i and i think everyone else will want to as well and i am i get to be a part of that so that's i was like yeah hell yeah that is another big part of this i have a massive ego uh, <laughs> I uh, any any chance to perform on any level is definitely something. I, I mean, that's that's DMs, isn't it? DMs and and D and D players, or lots of D and D players. Just just any chance to perform on some level, I think, is uh is is great for. for well, that, that's a slightly yeah. interesting side question. Um, do you, do you perform in any other ways? I know you do some music. Do you do that live at all? Um, I I have. Um, I did a degree in drama. And as part of that, we did shows and uh, various things. And I've been part of youth theatres uh, for a very, very long time. Um, Edinburgh, an Edinburgh-based youth, youth theatre, actually, uh, which is where I sort of fell in love with the city of Edinburgh. So that's, um, mm. yeah, very, very nice and lots of really great memories of it. Uh, but then when I left university and went on to, like, I could do this as a career, I realised very quickly I really didn't want to do it as a career because <laughs> of how, uh, you know, it's 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 not the same vibe, I think. when I, and, and that's the thing, when um think about TTRPGs and D&D &D and everything, it's all very collaborative. Um, and it's great if you get that. If you're in a sort of acting or performing space and you have this collaborative feel to it, it's great. And everyone's working together. But if it you, you go on, like, the competitive going for uh, auditions and not getting callbacks and i was told very early on that you are very basic in terms of your look you're not like um you're not out there enough in any way and you're also not like a unique enough in any way so it was saturated market i thought and you know i was like cool grand i don't want to do this <laughs> so <laughs> i decided not to but then you know, i got into got into things where i was able to um, explore that a bit more, and I think it's it's been great. I really really enjoyed it. Has uh, anyone else? Um, well, all of my stuff is like behind mm. the um, screen. Um, I I never, I don't perform. Um, in any other way, this is the only sort of playing games has mm. been the only sort of like live thing that I do. Generally, all of the creative stuff that I do is is slaved over for for weeks or months um and then sort of it's just a finished product at the end of it it's not ever done in front of anybody or frequently Definitely. collaborative done with people but mm. never never live mm. any form of putting yourself out there and creating something is is uh it's good to put yourself out there in any way i think um so we have some questions from from the group as well um, so we're going to sort of intersperse them between people's questions from out out in the world. Uh, Kelly, you had a question. Do you want to ask one of your questions? I do. Um, I actually had a question for you, which was, why did you pick Edinburgh? Which I think you kind of touched on there, yeah. so you might as well carry. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, Edinburgh is a great city. It's really interesting. There's a lot of interesting history there, and I think there isn't enough stuff set in Edinburgh. 
that and it, it just feels like it's it's such a lovely picturesque city and you go one place and it's vastly different from another place like any big city but it just has this really great feel to it and i love walking around it anytime i get a chance to um but yeah i love edinburgh a lot and the history is there's a lot of spooky history there as well um so oh, yes and yeah. on a fantastic ghost walk oh yes they did a very good ghost walk to edinburgh. um grand uh so um another question um oh sorry from that that last question was from willow who's the rpg goblin from the rpg goblin podcast so i uh, go listen to her another question from her um do you have any media that inspired the show and mysteries you've made again i could sort of push this out towards you guys and if, they, if there's any sort of like media that inspired your characters or um any of the sort of vibe that you bring to the show um i mean i know that thinking about you know it's monster of the week so there's always that element of uh you know you you look towards things like buffy you look towards things like um just sort of the the idea of having monster hunters in a certain area or traveling around um but you know there's lots of other things i i really enjoyed um reading a book called uh Oh, jonathan strange and mr norrell oh I can't, I'm, I'm probably butchering that title now which is a um it's a book about uh magicians and wizards and sort of english magic but it's set in and written um in a sort of uh jane austen style um which is which is so great and i love this idea of taking that sort of monster hunting idea and putting it in the past and i think you know there's there's i could go into specific mysteries but i think some of that will probably come up later and i don't want to spoil anything anybody else anybody else got inspired by films or tvs when it comes to uh, your characters you, you might have got some of this from um especially some of the interactions with nancy um i wanted to play someone who is very strong of will and i really recently got into the the reboots of uh dynasty and I loved everything about all of those those women who were just doing all these wonderful things, but very poised about themselves. And I wanted I wanted something like that to kind of bring into a character, especially so much further further back in time from when these you know, archetypes were kind of created, and see how that would fit in this sort of setting amazing that's that's not a big you say it it's like of course that's what you're trying to go for that's brilliant uh has anyone else got anything uh i just started watching i had just started watching buffy um very shortly before um you asked if i'd be interested in this so i did binge <laughs> several seasons in in rapid succession um of that um but um uh, something that i took quite a lot from was the bletchley circle oh yes which um it's a sort of murder mystery series set in the in the 50s very very similar time period um that sounds yeah i've actually heard a lot about the bletchley circle so i'm interested in getting into that i actually um completely forgot there's another there's a podcast i listened to as well uh, my sister actually got me into it um called the magnus archives it is a really really good like horror podcast as well um and one of the uh, when i was first starting of think of, of um, the thorn files and planning out mysteries uh, one of my first ideas i'm not saying it won't come up but it's probably going to come up in a different way now and if not in the first season was this idea of like a an anglerfish monster because i think anglerfish are really good and creepy um really good source of information sort of like horror but then I listened to the Magnus archives and uh, one of the first episodes is like an anglerfish style monster. And it, it was like, oh, this is so, this is a really good podcast. I'm really frustrated now. Um, but I would suggest anyone listen to that because it's, it's another really good example of, it's, no, it's not monster of the week in terms of anyone hunting, but it's uh, just sort of accounts of monstrous meetings and ha goings ons. Um, so it's great. Uh, I'm, I may be misremembering or inventing mm -hmm. this in my sleep. I've never actually listened to the Magnus Archive, so I'm aware of it. And what a fantastic name. Um, but didn't they make a TTRPG? They have made it? a game yeah. of it. Yes, they've made a game that's for cool. it. So that's that's very exciting. Be interested um, to see what that's like. So, um, um, I was going to yeah. say, mine was, I think I just 
um, binged a few series of Hunters. So mm. I had a load of post-war hidden Nazis and other things very in my good. mind. Yes. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And very much a, a world, yeah, a post-World War II world with Nazism and everything else and how it was hidden. And there's definitely something else. There's some other inspiration in there, but I can't work out what it is at the moment. I can't remember what the other inspiration is. I do remember us talking was. about Hunters as well. At the, I, I think it was that. Um, so, uh, do we have any more questions from you guys? I have a question. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Your hand shut up. Okay. This next question that I have is for Tom. Um, Vera, what a wonderful woman. Um, but And I love how you play her. And I actually think her moves are... Um, are really interesting and I like the way you deploy them. Do you ever, like when we get into sticky situations, like, do you ever think, oh, I wish I had magic? Oh God, yeah, all the time. <laughs> like in combat, I have a pistol and we're fighting a dragon, a giant sort of mirror spider monster, um, a, a people who I don't necessarily want to actually hurt. Um, yeah, I, I don't think of Vera as a particularly effective combat character, but I'm very happy for her to, you know, not be good at that. Um, and I really do enjoy the contrast between the the much more magical characters of you guys and Absolutely, um, yeah. Vera, and and the the sort of the more magical you guys get, the more inclined I am to just keep Vera entirely and utterly mundane. Yes. magically speaking that's amazing but but yes like i yeah yeah <laughs> she often feels very vulnerable in those in those situations um so got another one from uh i'm going to take one from uh faye now so this is doggo gills on instagram and other various social medias uh they are the ones who did our uh, beautiful fan art uh, which is now on instagram a <laughs> uh, big big oh, fan wow. Uh, of their work and uh yeah they were very kind to, to grace us with some fan art um of course our art we had from the beginning of the series i really loved um who, uh, from uh it's just andrew who on instagram uh she's absolutely brilliant as well uh it's just it's always nice to have somebody you know show appreciation for the podcast by by putting some work and i think it's great it's slightly slightly bizarre to think that somebody has dedicated time and, and effort to drawing something that pretty thank you very much um so one of their questions was uh what's everyone's favorite moment uh, slash scene in the game so far uh yes kelly if you go first obsessed with nancy obviously and evangeline <laughs> <laughs> that's it just um yeah love i love having nancy around she's the real it's really about her <laughs> Nancy's world, and we're all living in it. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoy Nancy's scenes with Evangeline as well. It's the brilliant. Anyone else I, got one? I, well, I uh, touching on that, I absolutely loved the first meeting of Nancy when it was Peter and Tabitha up on the yeah. out in the that out is in the park. My favorite. That is the one I was thinking. <laughs> went just the worst. That went so badly. It was never. I actually blocked it out of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> I've done it completely. It was perfect. It couldn't have been better. Yeah. I don't. I don't think we we have never really given it, or we had never given it enough consideration how these characters would interact with the real world. Mm. And I think in that moment, you were asked, kind of, "Why are you here?" You're like, "Oh no, we want to hunt. You can't say that." And it, we, we just haven't really talked about it. And that's that's right for Thorn Investigations because they haven't really seen monsters before. Mm. We're as far as we know, at least. We're, we're the first batch of people dealing with this sort of stuff mm. and you start to realize yeah we're not prepared whatsoever yeah, yeah. there's definitely that feel of if people have encountered monsters um it's it's not frequent enough for there to be like a here's the game plan here are the the lines we say when we're meeting like authorities or whatnot i know like people with backstories that monsters have shown up but it's not in the not in the world as a as a common occurrence uh, so, yeah that was a really great scene um evangeline was there anything from you jay i mean not evangeline <laughs> synonymous just just checking that the conclusion of temple studios has 
gone out. Um, it will rubbish. not have. It will not have gone out uh, by the time this episode releases. No, it won't have, unfortunately. Um, so, so uh, unfortunately, my favourite one is bleep, 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 because it comes up in that episode. Um, mime it for us. All I will say for a little bit of um, spoilers is, in the moment when it happens, everyone else's everyone else's face dropped for a moment before mm. they realised what was going on. And it was, yeah. to me, as the player, as well as... The character, I thought it was a really beautiful moment, and I loved it. Every very second scary of it. moment happens for 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 us as people. A very scary moment happens, not for not for the characters. Um, at towards yeah, the end, that was great. So so yeah, so <laughs> it's a plug for the next episode because I don't want to ruin the surprise <laughs> for everybody else. Um, yeah, that was a brilliant moment. Um, I I obviously there's there's a lot that I thoroughly enjoy about it. I go through the I edit the podcast, so I'm I'm very aware that there's a lot of really good parts for it. Um, I think probably the bit that I enjoyed the most in terms of in terms of what it meant for the for the series because there were um some really good bits with the it's the first mystery and it was we would everyone had just gone to um our cottage and. Uh, you've just had this encounter with uh, Laura and everything had gone badly and the house had been pretty much blown up. And that was all, you know, that, that felt like, okay, we're, we're finding our feet. It's all fairly decent TTRPG fair. A house has been blown up and someone got almost possessed and like, okay, we're finding our feet here. But it was the, um, the moment when we all went, everyone went up to the farm and I, it was great because it just, it, because everything just flipped on its head suddenly because uh, I had this idea that if one of the characters, the captain, uh, had a reason to get annoyed enough and angry enough with you all or suspicious enough that things would go badly on the farm and that he would be taken off by this ghost and things would go terribly wrong straight away. And then obviously, uh, Mikhail rolls badly and Peter is spotted and um, this captain spots him and there's just this moment of like the help me, help. And then... Uh, the seeing all your faces when that first happened of somebody who was absolutely fine a second ago does not be fine at all and everything's bad was and then peter getting shot this this it was just a very shocking moment and i i was happy that i could i could do it in such a way that i was happy with but also that it, you know you all handled it really well it was just a it was a good moment to see you all react to um but there's, there's so many bits any bits where your character's talking anytime uh, Peter complains about Evangeline's uh, violin playing, or like all the lovely character moments. Um, I I think when there's a lot of things like uh, Tom has consistently throughout the, uh, the series been able to just bring up like little little tidbits of like stuff between him uh, between Vera and Hetty, and that's all been really nice. Like any time Vera and Hetty are together, it's, it warms my heart, and I'm terribly sorry about torturing everybody with yeah horrible I, I, things I cannot i absolutely cannot accept any apology you uh profit here danny because no this this is a knife with which Spoilers. you can stab me <laughs> this is absolutely a knife with which you can stab me which is why yeah it's always good for characters to have um stakes in the world and and other other people and places that they're connected to and uh just and i also i mean i think anytime where tabitha is um is like doing that sort of questioning and I, 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 because Kelly, uh, gave it for the, the obsession with secrets, the whole, whenever I just sort of dangle a thread in front of Kelly and she's like, Oh, I gotta go figure out. This. <laughs> and anyone would have was like, I've got to figure this go. out. Can't let things go. I have all of that. Um, so, um, uh, Tom, did you have a question for us? And then we'll, we'll, we'll come jump back. Uh, yeah. So, for all of you and for Danny as well, um, although it'll take a slightly different form, but um, um, are there particular tropes which you as um, players are, are leaning into for your characters? And um, uh, are you inclined to uh, reinforce those tropes or undermine them? Um, and for Danny, I guess, just sort of apply that to the, the, the story as a whole and um, story beats. Um, as well as NPCs. Um, Peter or Mikhail, let's start with you. Yeah. Um, started with every intention not to have a trope, um, follow any form of trope, um, quickly realised it had a big danger of going into 
the British guy with a strong English accent trying to do an impression of a German. So <laughs> tried to drop that very, very early on. Um, I think the reason why I love these sorts of games is not going into a character with an idea of where it's going and experiencing in the moment and seeing where it is going. So with Peter, it was trying to take someone who wasn't necessarily defined by their monstrous self, but by the events that made them. And I think where we are at the moment in the show, you we have probably haven't explored that much yet. And that's probably the piece that's most interesting to me is that's the piece which is probably beneath the surface and round the corner. So yeah, no no intent around any form of tropes other than not to follow any. And now I'm in it, do it justice. Um, I'm, I hinted a little bit with the dynasty answer before, and that's just one of the that's a fun thing to play with. But when I went to set about creating Evangeline, I wanted to find a very strong female character. And I discovered that the trope of the femme fatale was actually created in the 1950s. So I liked the oh. idea of creating this really strong female character, went through the war, lived a life, a very, you know, they're very kind of modern women by, uh, you know, our modern interpretations, but, you know, set back in the 50s. Um, and playing the trope of she is a femme fatale, almost like the inspiration, therefore, of a femme fatale. So pulling on those tropes in terms of what would then become culturally, like, you know, like a cultural kind of ether that would then have created the tropes within the media that started appearing, you know, in the late 50s. Um, I guess, like, Mikhail, I didn't really... I think I threw out some strange options when we started talking and Danny was like um just remember you have to interact with the world it's like right so haunted doll was out <laughs> and um uh, but I think I picked the playbook first so I, obviously all the playbooks are kind of um built on top of tropes mm -hmm. so I guess archetypal characters yeah that that was like my starting point i love a sullen spooky girl so i guess like you know like wednesday or and i actually think there's like there's an, an air of probably like violet uh baudelaire from the series of unfortunate events mm -hmm. if she actually did rather than like cute inventions she just like cut her palms open and did horrible magic <laughs> But um, obviously, it's Im almost impossible to avoid tropes because, mm. you know. So many um, stories have been written. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't, there's none in my mind. Like I, I didn't build her. And I don't really play her, I guess, with any kind of subversion or embracing of in my mind. Although I'm sure that if, well, I, I hope someone, if they're listening, can see a trope in her. Be like, oh, yes. I see this. I'm sure. I'm sure there'll be somebody <laughs> with uh, with like folders of ah yes, we all the the ah, classic yes. tropes. I can see you're portraying this and this and this. Like, I'm <laughs> people sure, love tropes. People love tropes. They're they're great. Um, I think uh, I don't. Again, like when going into it, I was like, I'm gonna try and bust some tropes here. But now I've very much settled into one, which I'm very aware I do, and I've definitely done it in every single game I've ever played. Um, where it's who's the real monster here is it the monster or is it the people <laughs> <laughs> i feel like I, it's yeah it's it's a good it's a good trope isn't it especially with this i think um so true as with, well yeah i mean with our with our last one um with the one we're doing just now which hasn't finished yet there's definitely um people will know by this episode coming out that there are, there's definitely a human element to it even if there is definitely a very big monstrous element as well um and i think most of the week is it's there is like this uh, you have uh, you know all the um the minions is definitely part of most of the week so having people that either help the monster or um are just sort of disruptive to the hunters is a big deal and i i think it's something i i do enjoy playing that idea of there are 
monsters in the world and they're bad, but they're made worse by the the humans that make them worse, I guess. The thing about this time period, and I realized I caught myself in this trap, is it's a time period where the world has seen great horror. Mm. And it originally, I think I went into it going, oh, this will be fine. And I kind of took myself down a path, which in the future we will, it's something I have to do justice myself. But at the same point, I think it's, that's something which I felt was unavoidable. I felt I couldn't yeah. avoid the events that had happened to these people in the time before and the effect that it had, because otherwise that little group of people having fun playing a game, I didn't want to kind of, I didn't want to, put a negative or kind of mock what had come before us. And I don't think we've done that. And I think no. it's something that was very much on my mind with it is, oh, this will be fine. And then actually to do that justice can go quite a dark route at times to mm. with to not kind of turn it more into humor or anything else. Yeah. And uh, you know that there's it's obviously a fantastical world and everything, but there are at um because you know it's monsters and everything. But if we're I think you know if you if you're setting something in a time period, um, you have. I think for for most media, I think you have a you know there's a there's a responsibility to accept that that time period wasn't always it wasn't perfect for a lot of people and it was terrible for a lot of people. Um, so I think you know what, that will probably come into a bit more of a, a bit more play uh, as the episodes go on. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's definitely something that's come up and i think you know it's it feeds into that whole especially in that time period you know humans were doing horrible things to each other so i think it's it works well with what we are trying to do uh, and definitely works into that trope that i'm accidentally falling into well something that there's a there's a a, a trap that i fall into um is trying to create and then play a very sort of smart clever character but of course I'm trying to play her as smarter than myself. So um I that's something I find very difficult. And I am I am quite sort of heavily leaning into the whole um all of the, the trappings of the expert um in in the playbook. And I just sort of picked apart a couple of interesting um pieces of, of the world in the 1950s i don't feel like we're too familiar anymore with the wrens but i think they would have been quite a big part of society back in the 50s in yeah. the 40s and the 50s um and um what does a uh, wren stand for just anyone who's listening who doesn't isn't quite might not be aware oh put me on the spot why don't you <laughs> it's the women's royal uh navy service yeah <laughs> don't worry it's, it's, all, it's all much closer than that. yeah <laughs> yeah women's royal naval service not navy service um and there were there were a fair number of wrens um in um operation as radio operators or like meteorologists and working in factories and on ships um I, I don't believe they were ever really sort of on the front lines of the second world war but they were very much a part of the the war effort the war effort um and uh i, I was um i think shortly after i'd sort of started thinking about what kind of character to play i, I started reading a book on um uh, on a bunch of uh wrens um and mm -hmm. so there are a few sort of tropes in there which i'm sort of leaning on as well mm. um women who have sort of been not quite forced but have found themselves in very male dominated environments um especially in the 50s um would have been even worse than today yeah um brilliant well thank you very much tom um really good question uh i'm going to take one now from uh the portal quandary team uh podcast we've been lucky enough to feature in our uh, in our promo section a couple of times now. Um, and they ask, uh, what other playbook would each player uh, play if they weren't playing the current one? So, Tom, starting off with you. Uh, I really like the flake. <laughs> <As> a, <laughs> Flake's a great one. Yeah, conspiracy theorist. 
everything is connected and, and I can tell you why, but you will need to give me the next four hours of your life so that I can connect all the dots for you. There's that picture of Charlie Day from Always Sunny with, um, yeah, it, with the band exactly, in front of like, the, the Exactly board. that, yeah. That's, that's entirely all I think of when I think of the flake. Um, yeah, it's such a good image. And uh, Jay? Yes, interestingly, I have a I have a tendency to like to play the fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked, liked the idea of being like a monstrous and I was always like, one of the other concepts that were tied for Evangeline was playing a kind of monster that doesn't understand the world. Um, but I've done that so many times. Uh, my husband asked me, please don't do that again. <laughs> he doesn't want to live through it again in any in any way, shape or form in any game we play. Um, shaking his head. Please, please, please do not. No, no. <laughs> yeah, but if I, if I were to play anything... That's a trope you've worn down that's, to it. That's my human <laughs> trope, yes. It's a human trope. It's where I'm most comfortable. Um, so I probably would say the mundane purely because I love the idea of playing someone who has no clue what's going on. It's all about everyone around them. No magic. They're, you know, they're, they're a little bit like stumbling into danger mm-hmm. and, you know, you know, help, help me. Kind of, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of character. Yeah, it's very, very, almost the antithesis of Evangeline as well. So I quite, kind of like that, that one. And uh, uh, Mikhail? I think naturally I gravitate towards the chosen one because I felt the idea of everyone <laughs> just being around me. But in serious terms, I wanted to do the pararomantic, but and I wanted to be in love with something really inappropriate <laughs> and explore it. <laughs> but we couldn't make that one work. It all went yeah. a bit. It went a bit weird. We were thinking so, about yeah. it for a while, and we thought we were. Oh, I just feel like this is going to feel weird whenever we think about <laughs> it. going to be really weird. So what we'll do is we'll go really, really. The opposite of what that could have been. So one of those two, if I was doing it again. Chosen one or pararomantic. Maybe a pararomantic in love with the chosen one. See, we're building a better concept here. Who else would like to be the chosen one? Uh, Kelly. Um, I, my um, other idea that was uh, probably more viable than Haunted Doll uh, was uh, like a housewife um, whose family had been killed and now she's looking for answers. So I was looking at the wronged, mm. um, but deep in my heart, it says the flake <laughs> as well. So all flakes, all everyone's flakes. a flake. We just talk over each other. That'll time. be our next big one shot. Everyone's flaying flakes. <laughs> Nobody hunts any monsters because you're just doing conspiracy. So busy <laughs> telling each other about the iceberg. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah flakes, are a great one. I think if I was to if I was to play, say if I wasn't the keeper, I think I would end up. I really enjoyed the professional. Professional was a great one, just for the mm. utility of being like. And they like you're like a, a hard nose, like you you just get you're here to solve the problem and everyone else is in your way, all the fucking magic and stuff, get out of the way. Yeah. I've got my shotgun, and I'm gonna here to deal with it. Um but because when we played with Kelly, I did the professional, but I went down like a sort of medic route as well, which was which mm. felt very good to That's do. very useful. Um, you were very good, you were a very good professional. Thank you. The other one I really enjoy is the gumshoe. Um which I think is a great one as well. It's, it's, it's as a as a just archetype, just like a, a hard hard boiled like detective. Like I just get this sort of grumpy feel. Like playing a grumpy detective sounds great to me, and I think the Grumpy would work for that. Um, brilliant. Okay, so uh, those, Kelly, those both feel quite um, uh, both the professional and gumshoe feel uh, quite um, Call of Cthulhu or Delta Green. They do. Style yes, they do oh, have a bit yeah. of a vibe of that. Mm. You're you're right, actually. Yeah, they definitely, they definitely do fall into that um, more than anything else. Um, Kelly, do you have another question? I do. This one is for Jay. Um, I obviously love Evangeline. And, um, well, I hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just make sure. Just clarify. No. Um, do you keep some kind of evil burn book to uh, prepare your insults and put downs? Oh. Quit. Oh, I do. I have about four or five pages of <laughs> things I think about in little voice notes. I'm driving. I'm driving in the car, and I'm like re-listening to stuff, and I'm like, oh, oh, and I just like proper stuff on note, and it's there. Um, so yeah, so I do have quite a quite a few up there, just to, just things I things I'd like her to say because I'm not quite that witty and catty um, in on the fly as, as much. So 
Let's be prepared. Incredible. I love her work putting people down. <laughs> yeah, an inspiration to us all. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay, so we'll do another one of these questions here. So um, I'll do another one from... Uh, I think we've already mostly covered this, um, but it, from Faye again, Dog or Gills, um, was there inspiration for anyone's characters slash NPCs? Now, I know we already talked about media and how that affects it, but if anyone has anything else, maybe, yeah, Jay? Not easy for you guys, but not from Mikkel. I don't really like horror movies, thriller movies, suspense movies. I, I don't watch them. I really don't like them. So when I was picking Evangeline, I picked The Power of Light because it's always like, it's always really dark. So I was like, oh, I can, she can make it light, so it won't be so bad for me. And, you know, oh, this is really scary music. It's like, I play the violin, it's fine. It's just her own internal soundtrack. And I could, everything, everything that's intrinsically horror-related, I just let her kind of like have this kind of just like part of her personality, part of her build and stuff. That I kind of discounted that for me as a player so I can enjoy it. Because I really what? do enjoy it, but it's, it, it, is, it is like on the outer edges of, of my kind of like media consumption. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, I'm the same. I don't watch that many. Uh, you may surprise you. I don't watch that many horror films these days. I used to watch a lot, um, but these days I don't. Um, so it's very much a, from memory and from other and other ways of consuming that sort of media. So I, I, I get that as well. Um, I love the fact you think that violin is the antithesis of scary yeah, music. I think that's <laughs> there true. Is a, I think you... <laughs> what I'm saying is the violin music I've heard in some of the episodes as, as things are getting a little bit tense. I'm, I imagine Evangeline's like playing it. It helps, it helps, it helps me go. This Evangeline soundtrack and happening in the background. It's fine. It's fine. She's just playing in a very light corner all of her own. Nothing bad's happening in that corner. <laughs> um, I am. Like vibes wise, uh, Lauren Bacall was a was like she's in my Pinterest board <laughs> a number of times. Um, I don't know, you know, like that like cool, sultry kind of aloofness that was a big, but a big inspiration for Tabitha's like mostly her look. Brilliant, fantastic. Love it that. comes through. It comes mm. through. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Tom, was there anything for you? Um, yeah, actually, that was a. Uh... Um, I tried to take, I don't know how well I managed to sort of integrate it, but I definitely um, took or tried to take a bunch of the the um, characteristics from Chidi, from The Good Place. <laughs> He's just so sort of, I don't know, upbeat and happy, and I find him quite comforting as a character. Um, and I, I don't think Vera has ended up terribly much like him, but that there were definitely elements of his character that i took that's brilliant i had no idea that's so i mean no, now I looking back in it there's a little bit of yeah that I, now makes I sense. can see it yeah i, mean, I can see it can see the you can see the the pathway there uh, well the meaning in earnest but sometimes not the most sort of socially like delicate yeah, that's brilliant that's awesome uh and uh mikhail anything from you i've just realized i'm um, there is a trope i follow which is angsty angsty player who who's created a far too dark backstory i must now <laughs> grapple uh, with it see the trope of me as a player every time i've realized that that is my trope so i don't think there was any inspiration other than once again your deep in my life yeah creating a character which was far too close to home if if those circumstances had happened to me what would it be like <laughs> <laughs> and then exploring where it would be there are yeah. there are, there are certain elements that are a little bit too close to home um mm. to do with the name and everything there's stuff there all across the board that i just went mm. i didn't even realize that when i did it so yeah I, i've realized now the inspiration was me if i'd found myself in this world in that scenario and where i would have ended up that's a weird one mm. hey you know that's <laughs> so, that's a, actually quite a lot like my question for you Mikhail. So, right on to it Kelly what's your question for Mikhail? Yeah well this is this is my question for Mikhail. Um so Peter is probably um like the no, I don't want to say the least real because that is not what I mean really but he's like the least you're least likely to meet someone like Peter in real life. He's the most fictional. Do you know 
know what I mean? He's because of his like yes. monstrousness. Um, but he's seen a lot of a lot of bad stuff. And yes. um, is there anything in Peter that you identify with? But you just you said it's he's you. <laughs> he's <laughs> I don't know. You're just outing yourself. <laughs> Um, if you remove the monstrous bit, um, I think, yeah, I think I thought if if I'd found myself in that situation, everything else during the war, what might have happened to me, and and I wouldn't have come out of it a monster at the end of it, and everything else, and be and be where we are now. And I genuinely think that's probably the weird place that my mind went to, and then I think I then couldn't avoid there was stuff i couldn't avoid with what would have happened and how certain types of people were treated during the war and how they came out of the war and how it affected them and it was like this for me as with any dnd character as with any dnd if i was playing dnd character it was this a very quick process then of going crap how do you how would you cope with this in this situation what does it feel like and he was very quiet to begin with mm-hmm. because that was me trying to really think about how it came forward and as a monstrous he i'd never considered that he would be fighting or biting in that way that wasn't he has a gun he has never i think he might have used the gun once no intention of going that route but then i realized a, a far more visceral animalistic side of him came out than i had expected and i went with that as it felt right with the character as it evolved this character is not the character i thought it would be at the start and i think that's probably what i've enjoyed about it I think that's quite common, well, for yeah. me as well, when we play. It's like you do have, like, you know, a character you build probably on tropes or inspirations yeah. and stuff. But then once you get in the group, you find yourself as a group. Mm. And that's why yeah, the good thing true. about it being collaborative as well. Yeah. And we need someone to bite people. So thank goodness you're yeah. here. Thank <laughs> God. Yeah. <laughs> bite people. Needs a, need a heavy hitter in this. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a lot yeah. of, like, Good, good stuff going on. A lot of utility, a lot of trappings and magics, but it's just somebody just to bite something's head off, I think, is important to have that as well. Um, <laughs> so, um, right. So, I, I'm going to go for. I think this is, a, this is a good question. It's interesting. We've talked a lot about this already. Um, I'm interested in if there's any others um, that people uh, come up from this question. So, apart from Monster of the Week, uh, this is a question from uh, Willow uh, RPG Goblin. Um, what's everyone's favorite non monster of the week TTRPG? Now I know a lot well a lot of D D players here. Um so I think you know I think go is a is a given D D is gonna be on our list of like a good one to play. But I'm gonna say is are there any that people would recommend or any people would that they enjoy playing outside of say, you know, Monster of the Week outside of Dungeons and Dragons? I mean, touching on Dungeons and Dragons, because it as it is my favorite um as as a an adventure that i would say to people who have enjoyed monster of the week if you ever got the opportunity curse of strad is an is an amazing set and again it's horror and i've played it and i played a really goofy light character with lots of light and it got me through it but it was it was amazing and it was you know all the themes and everything else that come from it i would yeah i would say that was probably even though it's D is probably one of my favorites. Um, having played it and having played it and not really liking horror, I so would play it again. Yeah. I, I actually really enjoyed Curse of Strad. I was able to play uh uh didn't finish, but I was able to start a uh, a game of it a, a while ago now. Um and I did enjoy Curse of Strad. Um it's one of the ones that comes up because people I think it is a it's just a thing and people do have it against D D. Like I said before, D gets a lot of press, but um that people do have a thing against D&D and say you can't do horror in D&D and I get that if you have a high level group of people say level 16, 17 and they're all basically pretty much superheroes and they can blast through anything you put in front of them and everyone will survive pretty much anything I can get what horror can be it's hard. Uh, you, it's harder to imagine horror being possible but I know I've definitely scared a lot of <laughs> my D D players before, and they are they are very tough. So it, it is possible. I think Curse of Strad's a great introduction to people to D D to people like a sort of gothic horror vibe to it. It's yeah. really, really great. Yeah. 
just just the just the introduction itself is harrowing. Yeah, <laughs> it sets you right on the tone for it all. Um, anyone else got anything they'd like to bring up? I'd actually like to thank um, Willow from RPG Goblin and Philippa Mork for having introduced me to Mouse Stritter. Oh which, yes. Um, yes, I ran a one shot for some people there uh, a couple of months ago, and and very much enjoyed. I have previously played Mouse Guard, but I think Mouse Stritter scratched that sort of itch slightly better um for for my playstyle. Um it's got a sort the, of red wall brain jack brain jakes yeah, vibe to us yeah. into your playing yeah. cutesy I say cutesy, you know, because it's sort of small woodland animals, but yeah, well, it's just it's just mice, mice, sorry, it's just mice. Uh well you, there are sort of other characters that have been written so you can play as a whole sort of host of different um oh. um creatures. There's there's yeah there's loads and loads of like third party and fan made content out there. So um and I've only played one session of it, um, but I, I I do look forward to to playing more because it was very mm. good. Um, but um, in terms of sort of like just the 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 how squishy your characters are, it it feels not terribly dissimilar from uh, Monster of the Week. You've only got like well, I think you roll like a d six, and that is your health pool. And you know, if if a crow comes pecking at your mouse, they might do six damage in a single hit. So, you know, oh, it, it is actually quite similar. Unforgiving. To, yeah, it's it's unforgiving. It it's it's <laughs> if if um if you were the size of a mouse, every other living creature in the world is a deadly threat. So, I heard a lot of stuff about um. It's, it's not going to be my choice, but it's one I heard a lot of stuff about a while ago. The Warren was it the um the uh, Watership Down uh, TTRPG. Which is, I, I think it is. It's one of those ones where you all play rabbits, and it's just brutal. <laughs> it's, it's why, why, why would you do this? Just like the film and the book. Like the I've actually I'm never. Trauma from Down still. Yeah, well, don't play the game. <laughs> no. I'm going to say something that's going to make me wildly unpopular. Okay. Um, I don't like it when animals talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, okay. I I agree oh, with you okay. unless oh, it's you all animals. Okay, because I I think I oh, think right, a group okay. of squirrels could have a conversation. Yes, but if the squirrels talking to a human, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is just unbelievable. <laughs> what a ridiculous notion. <laughs> yeah, you guys will never go to the court of cats and uh, and <laughs> the thorn files now. Oh, now I know. <laughs> now I know. Any time Evangeline goes to see her cat friends, that it is like you guys just turn off, and you're like, no, I hate all this nonsense. Uh, for, no, for, for some reason, um, I actually do love it when we play when you do animal voices. That does make me laugh. Um, but I just mean I've never seen Watership Down, and oh, yeah. that the one that's about the woods, and they're like. Um, animals of farthing wood like um that's not that's not my vibe sorry no. guys. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. these no, aren't not. comparable watership downs an interesting no i've never seen it very <laughs> like, the animals of farthing wood there's a whole scene when they have to cross a road and half of them are about to be squished squished and it is harrowing <laughs> it's um, tough being an animal it's tough being an animal world. um yeah, it's hard out there mikhail were there any that you wanted to bring up not that i could do justice so um I thought for a while we would get into um, the vampire one, Vampire the Masquerade, but mm. that takes a lot of time to get into. And personally, I play too much D&D um, to find... I'm, I'm lucky enough to play too much D&D to have time for something more. Um, we have been looking into Candela Obscura, and I think we might mm -hmm. buy the book for that and explore it mm -hmm. from Critical Role. Yeah. Um, but I'm equally interested in the Ten Candles Yes. which I think I'm oh. going to run an in-person game on. So a few oh, of these I think have to be in-person. Mm. And what I've realised is some of these I want to play in person and you can't play as well over Zoom. Yes. Well, we're, we are going to be doing our 10 candles over Zoom. We'll see how it goes. But I'm, I'm sure all the things I've heard is stories of people playing it in person and it's an incredibly effective, incredibly effective oh, game. Oh, my candles um, very good. I mean, other um, video and audio things are available other than that one we named, obviously. Let's not give them all free. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. I have been really enjoying Pathfinder of mm -hmm. late, um, and I would recommend it. It's uh, more difficult, also more complicated than D&D. Um, but what I like about it um, is, and I've made about 
16 characters so far, um, is they have um, so many options for character building and you can really, and in that way you can really build in some mechanics to like the backstories that you um, create, which is great. And um, I'm hoping to run some Call of Cthulhu and I've been reading the book. Um, fantastic. Yeah. Um, definitely recommend. I bought the starter, the 20th anniversary starter kit and it has um in there like a, a, a solo a little solo adventure to teach you the rules and um oh, cool. uh give you kind of like the vibes and stuff which was really nice to like mm. be able to like roll some dice on my own and like oh yeah okay this is the, this is where the Brilliant. um stats go um yeah blades in the dark Blades in the dark is a good one blades in the dark is a good one yeah um, blades in the dark and pathfinder of games that i've been running with Kelly for a little while now. We've been having a lot of fun with them. Yes. So definitely um, want to pick them up. One that uh, was because uh, I read the the books recently. I was sort of reading books while my my child sleeps and I can't sleep. Um, would be <laughs> I I really got into for a while like the whole uh, sci-fi and cyberpunk and that whole thing. Mm. Uh, so the the cyberpunk RPG it's, it's like chunky in terms of some of the mechanics. But it's so good, um, and I thoroughly enjoy the. Uh, there's a, there's a lot of aspects of the system which I really enjoy. The empathy aspect of the system is really good. The idea that you can keep getting like cybertronic um, upgrades and getting better and better um, in terms of your ability to do stuff, but the chances of you losing your humanity is uh, is very real. The more you do that, um, which I think is a really fun um mechanic in, in a game um i also have been reading a lot into i i know it's um very different it was one i was at one point considering to do for with my uh current D D group at some point but i think i'm probably putting it on the back burner way way on the back burner so i don't think people will be interested with it, uh, some of the group at least um is the game masks a new generation which is oh, a cool. it's a it's a superhero thing superhero ttrpg um where everyone plays like teenage superheroes and it's all very angsty and a lot of the mechanics are like uh like who you are as a person like are you a savior or are you like a um or a, i can't remember like rebellious or something like this different sort of gen tropes and a lot of the mechanics are like um adults trying to influence and change who you are as a person and they can change the, your stats on the fly like so if you say you make a character and they're all like um, they're all about being a savior and this is safe but if you say if there's like an issue an incident where somebody gets hurt somebody gets um yeah somebody gets badly hurt or like a building gets destroyed um an adult could come over and say what are you you're, you're reckless like you didn't save anybody here and then a part of the mechanics would be they're trying to t like take your savior stat and turn it down and put your like reckless up like mm -hmm. so it's um and it change it's a you can then play it in different ways it's just such a good idea of like they're just trying to change you and you have to learn you're a teenager <laughs> you don't know how things work you're just trying to get through this world and you're crushes on people and it's just and like, you have, like, like people can have influence over you because you fancy them and or like, or, or, like your parents absolutely have great it's so amazing. amazing i, I yeah, would be up for that it's really I mean, great you won't also want to have a, a game where all of your players have excuses to whine at you. Yes. And be angsty. <laughs> Does that hit um, us a bit close to home? There's a, there's a very good podcast for it called Protein City Comics, um, oh, which is really good. One. They're very good. Um, and if, you, if you're interested at all in like this sort of teenage superhero, because again, you know, you have so many at the moment, like you have Invincible um, and you have, um, you know, The Boys. There's the lots boys. of the, like turning superhero tropes on their heads and i think you could easily do it with that um although the the system doesn't really push you towards being violent like killing people is like you don't kill anybody that's not the aim of the game is to kill people it is you're trying to be a superhero um but yeah i think it's it's a really good um ttrpg and obviously you know, things like 10 candles again i i really enjoy um but yeah brilliant so we i think i've gone through um a lot of the um the questions from other people but were there questions from the group jake 
everyone and it might help you it might help you with planning future mysteries um what sort of monsters or like tropes that you've seen from series and stuff would you like to see happen in future mysteries i'll get my notebook out just so ellie um i'm gonna say stupid concert, sorry. um uh, this is my opportunity to uh, this is an unpaid promotion um to say that the doom patrol television show yes. is fantastic and um very surreal and i would love to fight a werewolf but danny <laughs> please write that down a werewolf okay a werewolf but no, a, butt, okay. a butt a butt a werewolf a werewolf yeah an ass yep <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm getting bum with legs. Bum with legs. (laughs) Okay. There are there are some very very funny odd um, monsters from folklore, uh, which are basically just like a random body part but with legs. (laughs) Yeah. Got quite a lot, don't they? Well, you know, I'll put it. I'll put it. I'll put it on. Put it on the note. Yep. Unless it's it's there somewhere. Uh, so I was just trying to remember the. Um, there is just a pair of legs as a cryptid. It's called the Fresno Nightcrawler, Ooh. which is just it's it apparently been captured on CCTV. But it's um, it's just like a pair of legs that just sort of walks around. Yes, I would like to fight this too. Guys, this seems easy. <laughs> I'm picking up on a sort of theme here. <laughs> it seems like we're just going just the waist down, just like a person, <laughs> just the waist down. <laughs> That's yeah, it. just half a monster. We'll just have half a monster. Okay. Nightcrawler does not appear to have a butt, so maybe oh, they sorry, can be. Sorry. They can come as a pair. <laughs> um, well, um, the the yokai-based monster mm. um, oh. that we're currently engaged with. Um, uh, is great and there are a lot of fascinating um monsters from japanese folklore yeah i think, I think it's just yokai.com it's a yeah this is fantastic <sighs> resource for the, the part of me when i was making this current mystery i don't want to do too many spoilers i did just think i could just take one from this book but they're also they're, they're lots they're very strange and when i was going through it I just thought, you know, I can make one which has a similar vibe to this, but fits more into what I I wanted to do. But they, it is a there are so many of them. I think I would like less the monster, more. This is a real challenge for you. More like a scenario where the group is in mortal peril and very isolated, and that sense of fear. And it's not just the monster, but the isolation. And there's that great thing about the magic that the group have that makes me go, yeah, as a player, I'm more than open for some of that not working properly and the right location and the right fear that comes with it. And then secondary to that, and that's just because I have a really bad phobia of certain things. And I know that exploring that in the right creepy way would really upset me, but as a player, probably <laughs> let me test that. And, and, and I know that Kelly has a spider sometime, somewhere in that room with her, and I know that that is something of lots of them. I, I have a real problem with that, and, and that's, that's something I, 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 I would love to explore. Um, Jay has a thing as well, but I don't think he can do his thing. So we'll just say my one. But his his fear is not something we should explore. That should be on the no. list of let's not go there. Or leave that. Deal with um, actual legitimate fears and try to not. My fear is ladybirds and um. I did. Sorry, I did an D and D game. I have a never asked. I didn't ask about ladybirds. Consent about the ladybird man. I didn't ask consent about ladybird man. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm deeply sorry about the lady. But, um, okay, so, so, so that was that was troubling. See, I I was like, hmm. oh, I was thinking something a little more lighthearted. Um, I was imagining we, we can't do it, obviously, but I would love the the, the thought that there was a musical episode because it's one of my favorite tropes. In, oh, whenever they come up, once more with feeling yes. from Buffy is oh, one of my. I still know, like all the words feel about the soundtrack. That? I oh, can't I mean, sing. What, what level of? But I do feel I feel a hundred percent about it, except I can't sing. So. I can't sing either. I know, just about it's one of the, always my favorite episodes <laughs> and everything real, else. 
That'd be mm. quite um, interesting. Uh, it, it it's is a concept. Yeah, it's the unrecorded a... episode, the never released episode that we do. Yeah. The, we, we do it. We, in the vault. We, we just talk about it in the past. Yes, we talk about it as in like the next episode yeah, afterwards. Yeah. Reference it all the time. <laughs> I didn't realize you could do opera, Peter. Um, <laughs> that was a crazy mystery we solved about the, the mad opera. House. <laughs> but failing that's something we probably could do. Um, I always love the idea of the Freaky Friday scenarios <laughs> and probably just like a, the follow-up question for that which character would you like to freaky friday with oh my goodness that's i don't want to be an peter doesn't want to be an want an to, any no, of your I, bodies tabitha does not want a freaky friday with peter doesn't no. want a freaky friday well, Angelina no. would want to be tabitha just purely because she could put some colors a hat accessories <laughs> no. this is it she doesn't want to no. it's um, Tabitha Freaky Friday into the Van Tang's body. I think I'll, I'll level up, create a new character, and they can Freaky Friday because that that's not Peter's <laughs> shtick. If Peter Freaky Friday, whichever yeah. one of your bodies it is, they're going to a room, they're staying in that room, and they're just gonna lie there and maybe maybe have some nightmares until it's over. Um, <laughs> you don't get to choose who you Freaky Friday into. That is true. That that is the one. If I've seen enough Freaky Friday things, so you don't really don't get to choose who you Freaky Friday. No, it's not just your the antithesis thereof. You yes. Yeah, that's um, true. Brilliant. So, do we have any more any more questions? I did have some, but thankfully they've all been worded much better by the people who sent in questions. So, well done those people for doing a better job yes, than thank I. Thank you than so I. much. Yeah. Sure, so, um, but yeah, thank you guys all for coming. Um. And thank you very much for the uh, the people who sent in our questions for today. Um, and you will be able to hear our Christmas special uh, next week, I believe, coming out on the 22nd. We're recording this way before then. But the, uh, not way. Not way. Not that not way. way. Yeah, gosh. <laughs> thank you very much, everybody. Okay. And uh, see, you, see you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.